of Hope is dedicated to making a difference in the lives of people with cancer, diabetes, and other serious illnesses with a mission of transforming the future of healthcare by turning science into a practical benefit. Hope into reality. This is City of Hope Radio with your host, Melanie Cole. Prostate cancer is the most common cancer among men after skin cancer, but it can often be treated successfully, and more than 2 million men in the U.S. count themselves as prostate cancer survivors. My guest today is Dr. Ali Zumkawala. He's an assistant clinical professor in the Department of Surgery, specializing in urologic oncology at City of Hope. Welcome to the show, doctor. So tell us a little bit about prostate cancer and the treatments that we're seeing now, because the treatments seem to be changing all of the time. Well, thanks for having me. Yeah, prostate cancer, you know, it's, it's uh, one of the most common cancers in men, as you had uh, previously said. And so there's a, a ton of research being done on prostate cancer. And with that comes a lot of changes in the way we treat it. And, you know, that's definitely to the benefit of patients. Um, when we talk about prostate cancer treatment, um, our goals are, are really multifocal. And so one of the things we really want to focus on is preserving a quality of life of the patients that we're treating and really individualizing the treatment to each patient. So um, depending on the patient, their, their cancer characteristics, we need to create a treatment that's going to uh, not only effectively treat their cancer, but also not sacrifice their quality of life and what their personal goals are. Um, and so all those things need to be incorporated in it. So are you still taking out the prostate as a form of treatment? Are we looking at, at more beam radiation? What are you doing sort of as a first line of defense? Right. So the, for, for men with lower-risk prostate cancer that uh, seems to be localized, what we usually recommend is actually something called active surveillance, where when it's really a cancer that we think is ultimately not going to uh, to metastasize and cause major problems for the patient, uh, we tend to put them on a program where we just keep a very, very close eye on the cancer with uh, repeat blood tests, repeat biopsies, and if the cancer changes in any way, then we go on to a more aggressive treatment. That's called active surveillance. And for most men with low-risk prostate cancer, that's a very good option. Now, if they have more intermediate-risk or higher-risk prostate cancer, um, then we, we lean towards some type of treatment. And the most common uh, type of treatment men get nowadays is uh, still removal of the prostate, uh, which is called radical prostatectomy. And the majority of those uh, surgeries across the country are being done through robotic surgery. And certainly here at City of Hope, that's, that's our mainstay of prostate cancer surgery is, is uh, robotic prostatectomy. Um, there are other treatments that are, um, that are being used frequently, radiation therapy, whether it's proton beam therapy, uh, done at a couple specialized centers, external beam radiation therapy, which we do at City of Hope, or brachytherapy or, pros- uh, or, or radioactive seed implants, uh, also done at City of Hope. You know, those are also options. And then there's, there's uh, a, a different realm where we're, we're really trying to do a lot of research in, and that's called focal therapy. And the idea behind that is that you're treating just the focus of cancer within the prostate and leaving the remainder of the prostate uh, healthy and viable. And so the thought behind that is that you're reducing uh, the complications uh, that come with removing the entire prostate. Um, the different types of um, focal therapy are, are uh, uh, things like cryotherapy, where you're freezing the prostate, uh, 
something called HIFU or high-intensity focused ultrasound. We're using ultrasound waves that are focused on the cancer uh, to destroy that focus of cancer. Um, or radiofrequency ablation. There's also some laser therapies, and there's some newer techniques that are going to be coming down the pipeline. But, you know, with cryotherapy, you're just treating that focus of cancer. You're not treating the entire gland. So men with multifocal cancer or really higher-risk cancer are not good candidates for that. So the prostatectomy, at least now, is still really one of the mainstays of our treatment. So let's speak about the robotic prostatectomy for a minute here. What can men expect? And certainly men are worried about those side effects, whether it's incontinence or sexual dysfunction. And these are main concerns for them. So speak about the surgery a little and some of those side effects. Sure. So the the surgery, the difference between the old-fashioned open radical prostatectomy and and what we do now with the robotic uh, radical prostatectomy is really... Um, one of the main things that patients notice right, right away is the size of the incision. So we're doing it with smaller incisions where we're putting robotic instruments. Um, and through that, we have a robotic camera that's three-dimensional. We, we can get really up close and, uh, and have excellent magnification of the, um, of the tissue of the prostate and the rest of the body as well. And so it really enables us to do quite uh, um, fine surgery um, with uh, with techniques that we couldn't do with laparoscopic or, or, you know, even the open surgery. So um, we do know that there's a decrease in blood loss. That's been proven. We think that the recovery is a little bit faster because of the smaller incisions. And most uh, surgeons that do a lot of robotic surgery think that overall the outcomes are going to be better in terms of cancer control, um, incontinence, and erectile function. When you talk specifically about the two major concerns that most men have, it's related to incontinence or leakage of urine after surgery and impotence or difficulty with erections after surgery. And those are very, very common um, side effects from the surgery. Now, at City of Hope, we do a really good job uh, trying to control those side effects, and uh, our continence rates are excellent. So at about one year, 95% of our men are, uh, are continent, and really at about six weeks, half of our men are continent. Um, so those are really high rates, and, and I think there's a lot of techniques that we use to, to try to improve on continence and undergoing robotic surgery. Uh, when you talk about sexual side effects, those are, you know, those are also significant, and, and erectile dysfunction after prostate cancer surgery is very common. Um, probably about uh, uh, 70% of men are able to attain their erections uh, after surgery with the help of, uh, sometimes with the help of a, uh, an oral medication. But even in the 30% of men that don't, um, there are options. So if uh, a man you know, after surgery is having trouble with erections and the pills aren't good enough, there are other medications, there's vacuum pumps, there's injections directly into the penis, and then ultimately if those all fail, there are surgical options to try to treat the erectile dysfunction. So there's, uh, there's still a lot of hope even if the pills are not enough, and we can certainly find a way to, to make uh, um, uh, sexual function is still a viable part of someone's life after prostate cancer surgery. Doctor, if somebody has a, ro- a robotic prostatectomy, if they have their prostate removed, can they still get prostate cancer? Can it come back? It can. Yeah. So there's uh, a multiple. There's multiple reasons why prostate cancer can come back after the prostate's removed. Uh, one is that there's cancer left behind at the time of surgery, uh, or a positive margin where we don't cut all the cancer out and. and um, Sometimes that's something you can control for, and sometimes it's not. You know, when the cancer is invading organs next to the prostate that are really vital for life, sometimes we do have to leave a little bit of cancer behind. 
Uh, usually those patients are treated with radiation after surgery to try to eradicate the remaining prostate cancer cells. But there's also some patients where the cancer has microscopically spread prior to surgery. And it's not necessarily enough, uh, the, the lesions that it's spread to are not necessarily big enough for us to pick them up on imaging scans. Um, and so sometimes we don't find that out till later. Um, but even when patients fail, uh, or sorry, even when patients have a recurrence after prostate cancer surgery, there are multiple lines of treatment and there are multiple clinical trials that patients can go on. So it's, it's, um, it's, a, it's a paradigm that's changing quite a bit with the new research, um, but there's definitely treatments out there. And what are you doing that's exciting there at City of Hope? Well, I think a lot of the things we do that are exciting um, <clears throat> relate to our research studies that are really aimed at treating patients throughout every uh, step of the, of, uh, the prostate cancer um, uh, uh, highway, to, so to speak, you know, from the beginning to the end. And, um, and, and so we have trials that ev- almost every patient with prostate cancer can uh, embark on. And uh, some of the trials that we have that are uh, that are unique um, are things like we do have a high-intensity focused ultrasound trial, high food trial for focal therapy. Uh, we do have a lot of surgical trials where we're looking at imaging techniques um, to try to improve our visualization of the cancer during surgery. So we, we completed a trial using a chemical called indocyanine green, and we're currently using an, uh, doing another trial using uh, an antibody to uh, prostate cancer that's fluorescent. And the idea is to see that intraoperatively and be able to see where the cancer is and where the prostate is uh, and find those margins quite nicely. Um, we also have trials um, for patients that uh, have cancer that recurs. Um, so we have some imaging trials and we have some, uh, some novel agents that we're using. Uh, and a lot of these trials are in conjunction with other major cancer centers across the country. That's absolutely fascinating, Doctor. Really, such great information. So in just the last few minutes, tell us why patients should come to City of Hope for their prostate care. I think the main thing that we, we pride ourselves on is that we provide multidisciplinary care. So when you come to City of Hope uh, and you see a urologist, it's not just the urologist that's involved in treating you. So there's uh, a multitude of people that may be involved, whether it's physical therapists, whether it's nutrition. Uh, and then afterwards, there's radiation oncologists that we work closely with. There's medical oncologists that we work closely with. So it's really a big team um, with a bunch of different people that can provide input and really help guide your care in a positive direction. Fantastic. Thank you so much for being with us, Doctor. You're listening to City of Hope Radio. And for more information, you can go to cityofhope.org. That's cityofhope.org. This is Melanie Cole. Thanks so much for listening.